Hello everybody and welcome to Pyeongchang for the ladies halfpipe final. To be the best of you, you have to, you know, it's your life. It's no other, not his life or, you know, that's just something like I always tell myself. 29-year-old Liu Jiayu has become an icon for Chinese snowboard fans. At the 2018 Pyeongchang Winter Olympics, she made history for her country, becoming the first Chinese medalist in Olympic snowboarding. Welcome back to Season 3 of Flame Bears, keeping the fire burning. I'm your host, Jamie. Today, we talk with Chinese snowboarding phenom Leo Jiayu, whose specialty is the halfpipe. She shares what it's like to be an Olympic silver medalist for her country and how her greatest role model is her grandmother. My name is Liu Jiayu, and I'm from China, and I'm a snowboarder. Liu began snowboarding in 2003, switching over from martial arts at 11 years old. She competed for China at the 2010, 2014, and 2018 Winter Olympics, where she achieved fourth, ninth, and second place respectively, before heading to the Beijing Winter Olympics. She's also a six-time World Cup champ. All this success from a powerhouse whose nickname is Birdie. So where does the name Birdie come from? So that is after the national team. It was like 2005. And then Burden was our first sponsor. We are Burden. At Burden, we are a purpose-led brand rooted in snowboarding and the outdoors. When my parents started this company, they never imagined. They gave us the opportunity to like go to Canada and have a camp. During the camp, all the coach was telling Burden, they said, dude, we don't know if they can join our camp because they don't really know how to snowboard that well. And then I remember Craig was telling them, yeah, give them a chance. And uh, after one week, the Berlin guy was like, hey, Craig, you're right. They, like, they fly right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's, a, that's the name come from that camp. It was like, they gave to me to say, you fly like a, a board. You snowboard like a board too. Like, because I like go big and then go high and then just enjoy the air. Jai is working this. This is going to move her into the lead easily. What was your first memory snowboarding? First memory is when I started first day snowboard, like on the mountain. And then it was no no one else snowboard. So I cannot even learn or copy. So my my coach was telling me, okay, go up and then try to make a turn. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And I go up there. I was like literally turn back set and then after back set you would turn front set and I would just fall around my face and I was like all the way repeat that <laughs> like all the way down and then I didn't even make a, a one turn so I was like when I saw my cousin down there I said like excuse me coach I, I need to go use the restroom first. <laughs> But that was like 2003, and that was my first winter, actually first time snowboard, like doing the snow on snow. So that's kind of the day 
I cannot forget. Wow, no one else was snowboarding. Yeah, because China about snowboard. China history is quite pretty short, and it is a quite long story to explain to them what is snowboard. Whoa! <laughs> because winter sport is not as popular like you guys or out there, but、mm-hmm. like in China, the winter sport at back to 2003, that was like nobody really nobody knows what is that. And then compare now, it's kind of like heaven to hear. It's kind of like big gap, you know. On July 31st, 2015, the International Olympic Committee awarded the 2022 Winter Olympics to Beijing. In anticipation of hosting the Winter Olympics, winter sports has been growing rapidly throughout China in recent years, with snowboarding quickly becoming one of the most popular winter activities for Chinese youth. Before dominating the podiums in snowboarding. She was practicing martial arts as a child growing up in Hagan, China. When I was a kid, Chinese kids was just like a lot of time just spent in the school. They have to do study all day. But my grandma loved martial arts, all those stuff. So she was like, after school, had to take me to the lesson of martial art, and then. I, Most of the time, I was like,、uh, oh, "I'm so tired," and my grandma just used the money. He said,、like, "Oh, here is like ten RMB. Do you want to go?" I said, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> so she would just use money or like snacks and all those, and then keep me going <laughs> every day. Like have to actually do every day. Her grandma made quite an impression on her, and in fact, is one of her greatest role models. Here's why. I think my grandma was like, she always is my kind of my hero because I felt like she's a very tough woman and then support whole family. And then without her, I don't think our family can be together right now. And then I think she did the whole work her whole life, I think, and take care of everybody because she have she had、uh, four children and take care of my grandpa as well. I feels like my grandpa just play all his life, and then doesn't really need to like work that hard. Just shows you how strong women can be, and then cannot lie to any others, even the people you really love it, and you know also your husband or your boyfriend, anybody.、Totally. You just have to support yourself, you know, and then to be the best of you, you have to, you know, it's your life. It's no other, not his life, or you know. That's just、so、something like I always tell myself. What's it like to be a female snowboarder in China? Is the sport more popular now? For me to be a snowboard, especially a female snowboard in China, I think that's kind of like a little bit different story than yeah you guys because China women snowboard have a better result than the males. So that's kind of like give us a lot like women power on the sport. So that was like big part. Now we still have the most success、uh, result compared guys, and then it just result just show easy just because so easy simple, and then with everybody now who join the sport. And then you can see, it doesn't matter your girl or your boy, your female or your male. Doesn't matter. It's not like about who you are. It's just about what you're doing. 
So that's kind of things that feels like even, and that feels like、um, more balanced on that. So it's nothing like oh, we kind of need more female. All those you know, like in China, we don't really have that problem, especially with the sport, like winter sport for sure, because our woman is quite tough. <laughs> And you、Pretty、are、strong. very tough. You, you. <laughs> so it was like encourage a lot, like girls, little little girls, and then everybody feels like those kind of energy. They can, you know, look at for somebody me example. You know, you can own your own life. For me, I'm not. My family are not rich, and we're not like somebody you know, female, where females were rich or anything. Just normal, normal parents, and then I was like, I made everything, and then I do everything. I made all the effort in there, and then I got feedback. I got result. I got. I make like my life better. I do what I like to do, and then I encourage the kids. And then even sometimes I don't know what's that called, but you know when they're some child, like their child, you know when they don't have parents. An orphan.、Mm-hmm. Orphan. Orphan. Yeah. When I was there, like I visit them, I talk about like we sit there and I talk about my story to them to encourage them to be confident and then to be confident and then you can、uh, own your like own life. You can make your life better. Everybody have their choice. So I told them my stories. I just want to show them. Me is a very good example. I have nothing, and then I work hard. I do everything, and then I have the like most confidence and trust of myself that I can be who who I am right now. So, with they can use my story to think about. They have a chance too. They're not like lower than others. We are we are all the same. So that was like quite quite touch when I went there. And then to show them because there's some things that I would I felt like I can at least do something, and then give them a little light so they can like see, and then they can feel that. You're gonna make me yeah, cry. Yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I feel yeah, it feels like everybody is the same. We are nobody higher than others or lower than others. You just do you. You know, if you make work, you make work. You know, if you're put effort in there, you make one sense, then you own that. You know, somebody have a ten million, that's their money. It doesn't matter if they work that hard to get that. So I think everybody should like get the respect. You know, if they are, if I have to like be that, if they working hard, <laughs> you know, they can deserve that. I wanted to find out more about the weight of representing China in sports, specifically winter sports. So I spoke with someone who could shed some light. I'm Susan Brownell. I'm a professor of anthropology at the University of Missouri in St. Louis, and I'm a China specialist, a China scholar. But I do specialize in sports in China, so sports and Olympic games in China, and I'm also an anthropologist. Athletes retired pretty early because they did regard the life of an athlete as bitter, 
and they wanted to get married and have children and they weren't allowed generally to get married or um, particularly have children as long as they were part of the state supported system. So, you know, it, it was actually a somewhat harsh life with pretty strict discipline that they had to endure. So that's been loosening up over the years. Um, and it's only been, you know, in the past couple of Olympic Games that we've had athletes who have participated in two, three Olympic Games and who have had long careers and they've continued on to the age of 30 or more. So that really is indicative of changes that are taking place in the sports world. Leading up to the Beijing 2022 Olympics, uh, there was a huge effort made by the government to develop the winter sports industry in the upper half of the country, all the way from east to west, which has the climate necessary for snow and ice sports. And particularly in northeast China, there actually is a long tradition of skiing and skating. Skating is quite popular throughout northeast Asia. So it looks like they actually succeeded in developing numerous resorts that are doing okay financially. So they've actually got, you know, a recreational winter sports industry. China shows pride, but even more than that, there's a really strong feeling that actually is common among the, the general sports fan that China should reward the athletes for, especially for winning gold medals, but for the sacrifices they have made. I mean, it is considered to be a sacrifice to have chosen the bitter life of an athlete. So they are covered in the media. There are government-sponsored events and ceremonies. So that's one sort of official way. But really the big way is in terms of financial rewards and career opportunities. There are monetary rewards that go along with winning medals and they get special admission into top universities. So the Harvard of China, for example, Beijing University has a special department for athletes. So they, they get in China access to a, an education at a top university. It's just absolutely what every parent wants for their child. So that can be a pretty big perk for these top athletes. There, there's a saying, which is that the nation has not forgotten there's sort of like a general feeling that the nation should not forget the sacrifice you made and the glory that you won for China. Leo, you've been to four Olympics. How do they compare? It feels like like four Olympics sounds quite long time, but for me, it feels like quite short because I was like always had like injuries, everything I have to recover, and then have to be back on snow again, and then never gave up and then just it's already four I was like wow that was like quick <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. it was like quick the first one started 2010 I had injury with dislocated shoulder and then doing the um, Olympics so yeah that was that, I think that was the year also changed my life before that I would say I don't really know what I'm doing even I wouldn't go medal you know, I win the World Cup, everything. But to be honest, I don't really know what is snowboard and then why I'm doing this. I feels like I'm just training, 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 and then lost all the fun, our children time. Because I was working really hard. I work in the, like train in the morning, and early morning, in the morning, and then in the afternoon, and sometimes at night time too. 
I feels like, and then you can't, you know, when you at that age, you kind of like you, your body was growing, and then you get fat, and then you cannot eat snacks, everything, and I was just like, it feels like that time was like that, Mary, and then I kind of pressure myself what I'm doing and everything, but before the Olympics, I even almost cannot make it because of my injury was really bad, and then. But I still do that. But I'm not doing it for myself. I do it for my team because a lot of people saying my coach was not good, my physical therapy was not good, and then also those things. So I would just want to be there to prove them they're wrong. My team is the best, but not for myself. Wow. But I went. I went through everything. I think that's kind of things like pain will make you grow up faster. That's <laughs> like. I was like last run. I was really. I remember I finished the final, uh, the last run. I kind of feels like you know what? Actually, I kind of want to know what I'm doing, and then want to continue. If you read my news, if you Google it, I have a lot of injuries. I did three times operation. I broke every like pretty much a lot part of my body, and it hurt everywhere. Um, but I never quit or give up because I always have always have a thought or just I believe what I can do, and I believe myself, and I want to be the best of myself. So that's the kind of things I want to like. Even now, I still want to continue. The re- that's the big reason I want to put my dream run, and then I want to do something I can uh, do for women's sport. Not for a gold medal, not for like everything, just for myself, you know, for the sport. People's Republic of China. China. Can you describe what it felt like to you to walk into the opening ceremony in Beijing? I was the the speech one, you know. I don't yeah, know if you remember that. Yes. No, I'm not. I'm not holding that flag, but I was the one to like. When they open the ceremony, the people was like have to two athlete and the two judges have to be like. That was you! Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Okay, what was that like? Feels like not for me. For me, it's okay because you just talk, just say the word, you know.、Uh, and but for our sport, or being Chinese snowboard, and then even for the whole sport, they told me when I finished, Louis was saying. Like I said, never ever have a winter athlete or snowboarder to present snowboard. You know, to be at that Olympic、uh, like speech or present by a whole international athlete, and then never have a snowboard be up there. You're the first one, and I was like, yeah, cool. That's you know that shows how important to China and also to the world as well. Absolutely, because the snowboard is the most popular sport in China. The moment, for sure. When did you know that you had actually won silver in Pyeongchang? Can you describe that for us? I won the silver was like 2018 in Pyeongchang, and then it was like that was the first silver medals for snowboard halfpipe. Ever, yeah. Also, that was the first medal for that games. For Chinese team, so it was kind of like 
big thing to open that. But for me, it feels like I'm happy, but I'm kind of like feels like yeah, just you know, it the moment just happened. It happened. What did your medal mean to China? I think the part of the reason is when the sport have a、uh, result, and then the social media or focus on the sport, and then they can in, interest to all the Chinese. So we're on the TV. They did. <laughs> my parents were told me, "Is it? Yeah, you were on TV the whole Chinese New Year." Because nobody won the medal, and I'm the one at that time won the first one, and then not even for short, short track or figure skating, they're not even won medal yet.、Yeah. Wow! And then they said like, "You just on TV all day, like every day." Wow! So the whole Chinese kind of like because that time it was during like it was Chinese New Year,、mm-hmm. and it was big holiday for China. And then everybody would stay home watch TV, and then I said like, yeah, you were on TV like everywhere. It was like for like almost two weeks, and then that's kind of things like you know if you have the result, you open the door, you you open this sport, you open this marketing for China, the whole Chinese, and because they can see, and then if they got the interest, they they want to try, and it's just that simple, but. For China, you just have to like be somebody. Have to be the top one, and、mm-hmm. to open this first door for everybody, and then the people were like following. You know, what's life like for you after the Beijing Olympics? Did you experience a letdown or anything like that? For me, every Olympics, when I finish every other Olympics, I always want to take a break. Doesn't matter if I want to go like silver medals or I like this time I finish with A, and I do do the same thing. I want to give me some time with the families because when you training, you travel a lot. You don't really spend any time with your like parents or family. Right. You kind of just travel the whole time. So I was always spend some time at home. And then do some travel with the families, and then I will find somewhere to buy myself. To looking back, why did and then just think about the next goal. Last time I have several medals, I felt I spent like almost half year in New Zealand. I was like do a lot like other sport. I was climbing, hiking, walking, and then、uh, kayaking. Everything like everything I can do. And also at the same time, I have to think about what do I want to do. Do I want to continue, or do I want to retire? And what is what I really want? What makes you want to keep going? I think you know, to be a woman, you should limit yourself. You should be like use the age. You cannot compare other women because everybody have their own life. Yeah, somebody was like twenty something. They marry, have kids already. But for me, thirty, I'm not even. I don't even. I didn't do the same thing like what they does. So you just cannot limit yourself. You know, you can't compare with them. Then you know, just different. You just you. You're just you know, no one will copy your life or copy their life.、Uh-huh. So sometimes I was like, was my parents was sometimes talking. Oh. 
you should like find somebody marry and have a kiss, everything, the shadow down, and then like do. But they're just not me. Like、yeah. I just cannot do that, so I just can't. So if I do that, I want to be single and then to do what I like and travel everything. What are your hopes for the future? I always say like, I want to find real me, the one who's happy and then enjoy.、Mm-hmm. I think because the COVID and everything, everything was like quite stressed, and then limit your everybody's. And then with me, I have I've been I've been through a lot, like hard time. Everything with the national team, and then、uh, with all the stupid rules, everything. So I felt like I wasn't happy, enjoy for the last two years. I really want to looking forward to find real me, the one to be like happy. And also the thing is, I want to like. Share my story, and I want more like kids, people doing the sport, and then more people to know snowboard, and then more people to join it, and then most important to have fun and also use the sport to learn how to grow up. You know,、mm. if you fall, you have to like get up by yourself, nobody else. So that's kind of like things I was interesting to do something. You know, I feel so like you know you. Get something from the sport, but you always have to give back to helping others. We like to end all of our podcasts with a plea or an ask to our listeners: What is the one action we can take, or something everyone can take away from your episode? Love yourself. To know how how good you are. No one else is you. You are you. You have to be the one love yourself and have the confidence and enjoy and be happy. Everybody have their own life, and then every day is a new day. Even this is the last day, you just have to enjoy the day, enjoy the moment. If you die, then you die happy. You can not do anything, right? And even we have a hard time in the life. Everybody will have hard time. Doesn't matter who you are, but. I just feels like you. You just have to be the best of yourself and enjoy the moment, enjoy everything what you did, no regret. And then, yeah, doesn't matter when that time comes, it comes. Thanks for tuning into Flame Bears, keeping the fire burning. For more behind-the-scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching for Flame Bears. If you're a fan of our work and want to learn digital storytelling skills for yourself, apply to the Flame Bears Fellowship. Details in show notes. Thank you to my amazing teammates Marissa Potter and Lizzie Michael, and last but certainly not least, to Dino Catano and Emma Minto for your ongoing support. We'll catch you on our next episode. <laughs>